Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. Hi there. I was going to say good evening, but you could be listening to this at any time, I suppose. Welcome back to Three Witches and a Druid. Tonight, we are talking about Yule the next celebration on the wheel. Uh, and I'm Margo. I'm Gwen. And I'm Maze. I'm Brian. Just a heads up, this is our this is our first episode since a bit more of a COVID lockdown. So this will be recorded over Zoom. Uh, the quality may be a little better, but we probably might have a bit of hiccups as we go. So hopefully people won't break up and such as we go. Yes, because it's a little different. We're not all actually in the same room together. Right. We're all looking at each other, but not quite. <laughs> there may be accidental talking over each other. Oops, I didn't realize you were finished, weren't finished. So just bear with us. Yeah, well, actually, it's funny. We can almost do an entire episode on that because it's something that drives me nuts about Zoom is that you don't have those physical cues yeah. of not interrupting one another. <laughs> so Yule. Yay! So, Brian, you're the one with the little one at home. Yeah. That's the fun part. What do you do in your house? So, we celebrate Yule and Christmas. The unfortunate thing is there's no way we could realistically get away from Christmas. Is it even a Christian holiday anymore? It's it's a secular holiday for many people, yes. Exactly. So, he's going to school. He's around other kids. They're all just going to ask about Christmas. He knows all about Santa, all that stuff. You can't avoid it. But he knows as a group with his grow buddies that we we also do Yule on the 21st. Unfortunately, this year, we're not getting together. In years past, the Grove would get together. We would do our best little feast and our ritual, and he would see all of his friends. He knows that's a special time. He also gets a Yule gift, so that's, of course, very important to him and probably the most important part. That is one thing about, I always, pagan kids get Christmas twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's his focus as a five-year-old is extra gift yeah. a couple of days early. Well, I always love that. Like We have the calendar 
it counts down to Christmas. But uh, he understands when he pulls that 21 out, that that's Yule. So that'll be a special treat. It's always been sort of a joke with me working in retail pretty much my whole life when the people are always like, oh, I've got all my Christmas shopping done. Are you done? There's only seven days to go or whatever. I'm like, I have to have all my shopping done four days before you. <laughs> Yeah, when you work in retail, it's best to have it all done by October. <laughs> you don't get any breaks. I also, you know, had a child who's now 18, but I had a non-pagan spouse. My husband was not a pagan. My parents, you know, still followed Christian tradition, in quotation marks, for, for the holiday season. So though my husband would come along, it was not his thing, really. He'd be there because, oh, look, there's food. And my daughter would, you know, there'd be extra gifts and, you know, at Yule and get-togethers with people. But then we would go and have Christmas with my parents. We would do both, which is a very fortunate thing for pagan kids. And to me, I did one year, I had Yule, had a bunch of people over for Yule. And then three, four days later, I had the family over for Christmas. And I said, that's it. I am not doing two big meals, to this, to that. I said, if I'm having Yule in the house, Christmas is my mother's or someone else's because I just couldn't do it twice in a week. It was way too much to do both. So, so that's what we did. Yeah, we have a fairly unique, we did have a fairly unique Yule celebration, which I'll talk about in a bit. But because of, again, family commitments, my family lives across the country. And so because Christmas is primarily a secular holiday for all of my siblings and their children, and sometimes we've had as many as four generations, we did even have five generations one year congregate. So, it, you know, our family Christmas would be early in December, which left that season wide open and we would do something special for Yule. And then on December 25th, I would host an open house, which was posted publicly on Facebook always because it was always interesting to see who might show up. So it would be a public event and it was an open house. It was a plot one and we called it Mary Mithras Happy Statutory Holiday Day because whether or not uh, we were Christian, it was always good to celebrate a statutory holiday. I enjoy any day the government wants to pay me to stay at home. <laughs> you know, some years we would have as few as six, and some years we had well over 20 people, and we have a tiny home. But it was fun. It was people that they were pagan, they had their Yule, but their kids were at their father's place or their spouses, or maybe their family had shrunken size because because kids have moved across the country or parents have passed away or whatever. And we had one year guy from Cuba who was a graduate student and just had no place to go on Christmas Day. So it was always an eclectic mix. Never knew who we were going to have for sure. And a lot of fun just with that element of surprise. So our December is very busy because of that, but a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I remember this probably had to have been 10 years ago, maybe, when we were sort of as a group talking about the holidays coming up. And I was saying how I didn't have any family here in Nova Scotia. Dave got so mad at me because I didn't consider him family. And he sat me down and had a really good chat. <laughs> <laughs> 
that. No, your family, <laughs> you come to this, and I don't ever want to hear that kind of nonsense again. So, yeah. Oh, that's so nice. It's always been a traditionally busy week. This year it'll be much quieter because there'll be no big Yule celebrations to go to and mm-hmm. all that. And who knows, we may be having a celebrate with your household, otherwise Christmas. It could be very interesting. Myself, you know, since I've had so many international students living in my home, we would also have that added on. What did you do in, you know, Colombia on the holidays? Or what do you do here or there? And I have oftentimes lived with Muslims, so they don't do it at all. So this is a whole new wonderful thing. Look at all this food for them and Chinese people as well. I've had more than one girl who've never had Christmas in their life or Yule at all. You know, never had that sort of holiday season at all. The whole putting up the tree and the food and the gifts was just, one girl said, when I get back to China, I'm doing this every year. (laughs) So it's always been just like, well, here's we're doing Yule and now we're doing Christmas with my parents. And it's been a very interesting, usually busy time, but pretty good. Yeah, it's a time of the year that's full of a lot of like different holidays, but it's still quite North American, European. Yes. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of various cultures that have holidays around Christmas, Yule, but they're nowhere near as, to my understanding, please correct me if I'm wrong, nowhere near as big in quotation marks as Christmas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you have to have that Northern Hemisphere sort of thing to have this time of year be so important that returning of the sun be such a significant thing and you know what we see of stone structures left so many of them have some orientation to the that solstice morning so we know that it was important that first sun after the longest night right it makes a lot of sense when we're in this gray time mm-hmm. i have heard that you're going to be able to live stream uh the winter solstice at stonehenge on various places yeah that's going to be interesting they did that for the summer solstice and they're doing it for the winter solstice as well i missed the summer solstice that should be really really good because i believe that as a park is a tourist attraction it's closed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i was there for a solstice a summer solstice many years ago seven eight years ago and it's england so it was pretty gray and cloudy and it wasn't the you know the affecting thing that i was hoping for because with that amount of cloud cover you didn't really see the sun come over the horizon but the number of people was unholy so i just yeah they could not open that park yes it's outside yes you would think that you could do this and and have it comply with covid regulations but no no too many people thousands it's the equivalent to a, a small like rock concert oh gosh yeah just a bunch of pagans and hippies yeah it is hasn't it been in like 50 years the actual sun has only been able to you know risen that you could see it five times like the sun seldom hits that stone in the middle (laughs) which makes the engineering of that all that more impressive right yeah that's a good point (laughs) all that more impressive so on the other hand even though we live here on the eastern coast which we think is cloudy and everything about maybe 18 years ago or so dave and i were part of a 
small group called Tapestry, bunch of people with different paths, but we came together for lunar events and the eight solar festivals. And we started going on the morning after the longest night to the coastline and drumming up the sun. We would drum up the sun. And the first few years, it was just the eight of us. And then eight of us plus our children, if they were wanting to come. And Dave and Shadow Fox would hike in with wood on their backs. And we had camp stoves and hot drinks. And the idea was to come when it was dark because we had this dawn that, you know, maybe about a half an hour of increasing light before the sun actually is visible at the horizon. And sort of to come in the dark and hike in the 400 meters or so off the roadway and hear the waves beneath you and be oriented towards that rising sun and just watch it come up slowly it was mm-hmm. it was meditative and awe-inspiring we uh slowly opened that up with friends and friends of friends and i know like Maeve and margo were among the first to come out and then it just kind of got crazy and all of a sudden it kind of we kind of lost control of it but i mean don't own the sun don't own the coastline so uh, happy that so many other people found that that was inspiring and it seems to have been a thing that's gotten a life of its own dave's happy that it's gotten a life of his own because that means he does and have to hike in with wood anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Once, you know, you get more than 20 people, we're not bringing in apple cider for everybody. No. But anyway, yeah, it's a pretty awe-inspiring to just sit there from the dark to the light in that sort of meditative observing practice and have that start the process of the sun coming back for you. And then, of course, there's food and presence and all the rest of it once we leave there. To my knowledge, they still do it. They did it last year, I believe. Yeah, yes, for sure. It took off. It got out of our hands. I remember opening up my social media one time and seeing somebody posting, oh, you know, we're hosting this event. And I was like, they're hosting my event. They're hosting my event. But then I thought, so what? That's awesome. Somebody liked it so much that they weren't going to willing to risk that. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today it wasn't going to happen or something. So anyway, I did get over myself. It's the Halifax open event and it's an amazing thing. Now Dave's unable to hike in anymore, but we'll, we will drive out to the coastline and sit in the car and watch it. Nice. We have had just beautiful sunrises. We have had some beautiful sunrises. We've also had some bitter, bitter, bitter colds. <laughs> 
<laughs> unbelievably cold ones. Yeah. Wet. <laughs> Wet. We have these pictures and we're all these marshmallow people with layers and layers of clothes because of the wind coming off the North Atlantic is frightening. But mm -hmm. one of the things that makes it all that more special is most times solar festivals, like in pagan times, you know, ancient times, got adjusted to appropriate weather, got adjusted to all sorts of things. Here we adjust our festivals to the closest weekend and everybody has a great time. This is, it's cold, the weather could be miserable. It could fall on a Wednesday morning, but people would still phone in, say I'm coming in late for work or whatever, because it was very important for it to be that sunrise over that longest night. I think the fact that it still has great numbers showing up for it, even though it is not an easy thing, kind of speaks to the power of that way of observing the Yule. Mm -hmm. It is nice. I do remember bringing my daughter and a couple of her friends and hiking them in and they're all six years old and mm. <laughs> the big thermos of hot chocolate, you know, the big camp yeah. thermos of hot chocolate. And I haven't been in probably two, three years. Yeah. Now I think we need that sort of thing more than ever. Yeah. Anything to bring some cheerfulness into our lives and put up your, your holiday decorations early if you have to. Yeah, a lot of people have their stuff out already well we need something at least when we were in the first wave it was getting lighter and lighter and lighter and you know spring came and summer came now we're looking down a dark tunnel if we're going to be semi-locked down for the next month or two it's just going to be darker and darker and darker and it is going to be it's going to be a hard hole yeah i almost want to start a campaign to change Christmas lights, the people, you know, Christmas lights you have on the outside of your house and call them winter lights. Yeah. Because driving home after work around Christmas time and seeing all the beautiful lights helps my psyche for sure. And then come, you know, January 6th, 7th, everybody takes them down. It's like, no, we need them through the rest of the winter. They should be called winter lights and just leave them up, leave them lit. Oh, that's a great idea. I think you should do that. Start the campaign now. Yeah. Anybody out there listening, leave your winter lights up, Telestara. <laughs> Absolutely great idea. So if you you had mentioned at one point, your significant other obviously wasn't a pagan. So how do you guys deal with like splitting family up over the holidays, that sort of thing? I was fortunate in that I didn't have to split my family up because his family lived in Newfoundland and they were not around and they didn't go back and forth over the holidays or anything like that. So he just came along and ate and talked some and drank, <laughs> had a beer and all of that because it was just another day, you know, and then he joined in with my, you know, my parents and all that more Christmas cheer. But I mean, I've gone to Ramadan and I ate and there was no drinking, but you know, he just going to somebody else's celebration i'll go to anyone's celebration if there's food yeah you know <laughs> you want me to go to, you know jesus ala buddha i love you all if you're feeding me like come on let's go <laughs> yeah like for yule we just all stay here um so yeah. i can go home for yule yeah does the grove has a ritual does the grove have a celebratory meal or anything like that as well. I think every ritual we have, we have some sort of meal because I think we just enjoy baking and cooking and eating. We often celebrate the changing of the uh, Holly King, the Oak King. Mm -hmm. That's part of our Yule celebration. Two of the guys will probably wrestle at some point. 
funny enough. We've done that as well, Shadow Fox and Grizzly. Yep. Yeah, when they were passing out the roles, I said, he's not one to be in front of a lot of people in that sort of way, but he definitely cannot be the Holly King. He's not going to lose. He's not throwing a fight, so you better not give up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's the same idea in our end. Yeah. Yep. We also do uh, Yule Logs. Jumping the Yule Log. I love jumping the Yule Log. Mm. So this year, everybody is like, we're, we're going to do our ritual over Zoom. So I I think I made nine Yule Logs. So we've distributed them all out. So all the households have a Yule Log. Nice. Even if I'm not, say, I can't make the big Yule celebration with friends or anything, I will do a Holly King, Oak King. Even if it's just a little prayer, light the candle, ring the bell, the Holly King is dead, you know, all hail the Holly King, and then prayer and, you know, the Oak King lives and... You can do little things, if you, even if you can't get around to big celebrations. You can still do that with a candle and a bell and a prayer and, you know, it can still be very meaningful. I've done that actually with a bunch of muggles. Okay. I've even invited muggles to my Yule celebrations and, you know, this is what they're doing. And they're all went, oh, well, that was okay. I was expecting something crazier. And the muggles are jumping the Yule log and the whole deal. So they found it fun as well. So that's nice. I remember me some years ago, we had rented a hall. You were instrumental in that as well, Marco. We called it the Fancy Pants Ball and it was a tongue in cheek. <gasps> formal affair people were like I say it was sort of tongue-in-cheek we had a wide mix of things and we had rented a hall and the staff at the hall were all quite excited about the fact that it was going to be a bunch of pagans eating dancing and having a yule ritual and at the end of it they were like wow that was beautiful and not what we expected sort of thing you know now I'm kind of curious what they expected <laughs> I probably expected a bunch of naked stone people <laughs> I'm not sure if they were disappointed or relieved, but anyway, it was it was a fun time. We we had a great time and it was a great fundraiser, wasn't it? I miss the Yule Ball. Oh yeah, we had some fun. Well, with the Pagan Assembly, we can start making that sort of stuff happen again. Absolutely. That's the plan anyway. Yeah. Like not to get off topic, but uh since COVID hit, the the resurgence of the community is it's astronomical. Yeah. The Maritime Pagan community, we easily get 30 new members a week. Oh my wow. goodness. Wow. It, it, it's a lot. Yeah. We're almost 900 members from 400 about a year ago. That's incredible. Wow, that's great. So uh, one little thing when we were talking about Yule Ball and logs, and I said, you know, even at home, if you can't make it to a Yule celebration, because now this year, there's not going to be many Yule celebrations, you can still do your little ceremony with a candle. Another great thing is you might not have a Yule log, but light a candle and put it on the floor and jump right over it. You know, you can still do those things. You don't have to miss out. It might not be as grand and worrying if your robes are going to light on fire. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Any ritual where no one lights on fires is a successful ritual. And we have had one or two of those. <laughs> um, I remember once, was it Twyla? Her whole robe caught with the long, long, flowy sleeves. That went right on fire when it died. Oh, wow. Anyway. <laughs> and cat cattails on fire, too, if they're on the ground. Watch your cats. They don't get their tail in your in your candle. Right. Yeah. So just to wrap this up, and I think this was kind of funny. You guys know what Krampus is, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So there's this meme going around online. I guess back in like early 1900s, there was a vintage printing of a bunch of like vintage postcards of sexy female Krampus. Oh my gosh. And I'll, I'll post the pictures later. <laughs> yeah. But basically the idea is instead of punishing bad children, female Krampus would punish bad men. <laughs> and the picture is like a, a gigantic woman oh. chasing a man upstairs. And there's a little guy in the back of her basket. And everyone's like, oh, I think he's praying. I think he's praying to, to get out of this. And I'm picturing <laughs> him like doing a little clap, like, oh, I've been a naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it this week and I, I honestly, I laughed for quite a while. There's a lot about the Victorian era, doesn't it? That they have sex with Krampus. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a movie. I am not brave enough to watch it. I can't take horror movies. Oh, it's 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 campy, but it's it's pretty good. I can't, but I'm not brave enough to watch it. But it was, oh, we, we started, people tell me, oh, we watch Krampus every year. I'm like, I'm not watching that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, too, I'm a chicken. I'm a big chicken. Okay, well, thank you all for listening. And you can certainly leave any comments or questions on our Facebook page, Three Witches and a Druid. We really enjoy to hear from you. Thank you very much. We always enjoy doing this and bearing with us in our very first Zoom podcast. Until next time, everybody, merry meet. Merry part. And merry meet again. Bless you. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.